Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about now Saul doesn't have a title, but I'll tell you it's about systems that work with other games. <laughs> I don't know what he wants to talk about, sorry. <laughs> well, I think there's no short answer. That's the problem with this one, or short title. So I was thinking years, not years ago, but at previous episodes, I said D&D 5th Edition isn't the all and all and be all of all RPGs. But he's changed his mind. Well, for well, I hate to say yes. <laughs> but so what I was saying, what I was thinking is that there's some systems out there that are not made to be generic, like D&D 5th Edition, which was, I don't think it was made to be like, GURPS, right, or or any other system that's supposed to be generic that you can insert any of your settings in, like a science fiction, cyberpunk, and all that other stuff. So it was made for a fantasy, medieval fantasy, let's say a Western European type of game. Okay. Like what traditional D&D is like. And I've said in the past that it, it's not made to do other things, like maybe science fiction and stuff like that. But... I've changed my mind a little bit because not too long ago, uh, we went to Pacificon and uh, I ran a 2090, Low Life 2090, which is, I don't, I forget who made it, but it's the same people who made uh, Low Life Fantasy, which what they did is they took D&D 5th edition and incorporated some elements of old, it's kind of like an old school OSR type vibe, but it's basically 5th edition, but they made it greedier and changed the rules enough that it plays like a, a different type of game. It plays more of a, I'd say, Warhammer-esque type of feel where you can, uh, you, it's easier for you to die, get killed. You don't have these super heroic characters or heroic characters. You're just playing low-level characters who uh, can uh, perish pretty easily in a very cruel world, which medieval Europe was exactly like that, like that you know, People died all the time from diseases and, ooh, I got a cut of my finger. Boop, you get whatever and you die two months later in a terrible death. So I hadn't really looked at Low Life. Uh, 2090? No, uh, Low Life, the, the, the fantasy game, Low Life Fantasy. And because uh, I don't want another fantasy game. But uh, I was looking for a game to replace or to maybe, not replace, but make it easier for me to run a Shadowrun type of game. And Low Life 2090 came up on a Kickstarter, and I really liked some of the ideas they had. Now I had I had heard of Low Life Fantasy, but I hadn't really looked at it. And then uh, so Low Life uh, 2090 came up. I decided to kickstart it, and about a year and a half later, we got the book, and I looked at it and the PDFs, of course, and it looked really neat. And what they did is they they lowered the number of hit points that you get. Uh, they eliminated a lot of the a lot of the uh, the rules as far as uh, the clunky rules of the fifth edition. And they kind of, for a nice word, it streamlined the system and also made it grittier, right? They made it, like I said, they lowered your hit points. They capped uh, the level at 10. So did, um, what does the coast say they, that people could do this? Yes. It's, okay. It's under the open just OGL. Making, just making sure. Open gaming license. So that's what another thing is what did what fifth edition did is they made it under OGL. Now, there was questions whether they were going to do that or not, but they finally decided, yes, they're going to do that. And so they made it an OGL, Open Gaming License. And since then, there's been a ton of 5th edition 
ports of settings and stuff. Some of them are not very good. Uh, I've I've actually bought a couple of them off off of uh, Drive Through RPG, and they're just like, you know, just pasted on. You know, not really thought about. They're not very balanced. Some uh, classes are really overpowered. But anyway, so I was very hesitant. But Low Life Twenty Ninety was based on Low Life Medieval Fantasy, which a lot of people had has a lot of good reviews. So I got the rules. It's a nice book, nice color, you know, pages and everything. You know, everything looks nice and ran super easy at, at, at the con. My, my adventure was, oh, no, it was a f- five and a half hours I ran total. I, I think so was, what you're saying is that the fifth edition rules can be ported into another thing if the people tweak it to their system. Right. And they do a good job. I think that's the difference is that you really have to do your homework as far as, like anything, if you change a rule here, how's that going to affect? Is there a cascade of rules that's going to change or, or options and stuff like that? So uh, obviously when they started, they started with a base of low-life fantasy. So when they made low-life 2090 and ported it to a different system of different setting of sorcery and cyberpunk, they already had a lot of work done, right? They had already done this book of fantasy and they're like, oh, Let's see what we can do with, I'm only guessing, they go, let's see what we can do with, with cyberpunk and sorcery, which is basically like a Shadow, Shadowrun-esque type of game. And I really liked it. I mean, it, 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 like I said, the, the players, they, they had, it was a fun game. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the players, but, but still, it, ran, it was easy enough to explain at, at a convention where, let's say, and nobody had played this game before, right? Right. Nobody that you played with had played it before. Yeah, at the convention. And because it was just published, literally, they sent me the book like two months before the, maybe a month or two before the convention. So what I'm saying is if I try to run Shadowrun with people who had never played Shadowrun, right, and I gave them pre-made, even if I made them pre-made characters, the game would have not been as smooth running as it did because everybody already knew 5th edition. Oh, I roll a d20, I have to hit a task number. The only thing they changed was they added this thing called which was, comes from AD&D, called a characteristic row and a tribute row. Let's say you have a strength of 17, and you try to do something that's strength-related, you just roll under your strength, bada-bing, bada-boom. You roll under strength on a d20, you made it, if you roll under. And if you roll, like, half, like, if you, let's say, let's make it easy for my math skills, because I don't have very good math skills. So let's say you have a 16 math, a 16 math, a 16 strength, and you roll 8 or less, then it's a great success. That means you get extra stuff. You don't just succeed, but something special happens, which is pretty neat because it's something that's lacking in 5th edition D&D. But it's a pretty neat, and it's super simple. Everybody knows what their attributes are. Uh, you might get a bonus or a penalty of minus 1 through 3. They say keep it simple. Do not get crazy numbers. We don't want to deal with crazy numbers. So it went really well, which, which was what I was hoping for in a Shadowrun-esque type of game. So it'd be fun. So one of our other friends, so I really liked the book and I, and I had a, and uh, we were playing Shadowrun with our friend Jim and he has have, he's having a hard time dealing with the rules. Now we've talked about Shadowrun, how it's a very complicated game, blah, blah, blah. And I think it would be easier if we played it all the time, but because we rotate GMs, we rotate games, sometimes it takes two or three months before we play the same game with the same GM again. In that sense, we always have to relearn Shadowrun and we have to relearn, and so Jim, the GM, was having a hard time dealing with that. When uh, they sent me the PDF of uh, this game from the Kickstarter, I said, hey, did, I'm, they're coming out with that. Do you guys think about 
switching over. And nobody would go, well, you know, I get the usually, well, you know, the grumbling. So I, I, I got the, I got the PDF. I looked at it. I thought it looked neat. And then finally they, they give you a, a code for drive through RPG. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to buy four books. So I bought four books, sent one to all of everybody in our group, except for Felipe. He can share with Michael. And cause they're both living sort of in Portland. And I said, you know, there's a book book. Well, let's, let's see if we want to play this. And, and Jim is really jazzed about it, of course, because he, like I said, he loved the world of Shadowrun as I did, but he had a hard time running it, as I do as a GM. Well, yeah, because if you, haven't, if you don't play Shadowrun all the time, then you forget. And it's not so much forgetting as the rules are very complicated. So if you want to do something, you have to relook it up, and that can yeah. take a little while. And that's what you don't want in a role-playing game, right? right. Is constantly looking up stuff. So I was really surprised that, like I said, I was really surprised that 5th edition, which is not meant to be generic, worked really well. With well, I don't know that it's so much generic because you said they tweaked it to oh, yeah. to go with their system. So they took the r- rules and they adjusted them. Right. Like, it's not exactly like like uh, GURPS or um, what's the other one? Savage Worlds where, right. where the system is generic and then they have all of these plaster these, on the setting these settings and the like that's why when someone says okay make a character you're like there's 250,000 things i could do i need parameters yeah right, right. and that's what and that's what the settings do for right. both of those systems yeah so that's a true generic system whereas this one is actually fifth edition tweaked to go with right. this guy's this these people's right. game correct like i said i was really surprised that but dnd isn't the only one that does that Right, and that's what I was saying is that I was kind of like, well, there's certain games that there's no system that can fit all all settings and stuff, which I, I said that before in a previous episode, and I, I might give myself a little bit of a, what do you call it, exceptions here. So another system that, that is like that is 2D20, right? 2D20 is Modifius, as a publisher, Modifius, and that's their house system now. That's what they, they really like that system. So the first... It's because it's a, a good system. I like it. There's some people that don't like it, believe it or not. But so there's they consider it too too crunchy, which I I admit. Okay. Uh, the the first game was called that used this system was uh, wasn't M- it John Mutant Chronicles, okay. which was published a long time ago. It's a uh, anyway. So Jay Little is the the person who made up the system, who's also the person who made the Star Wars the Funky Dice system, as I call it. I forget what they call it now, but. But I, I think what he did is he incorporated some ideas from that system and just simplified it and got rid of all those weird dice and all these symbols and just goes 2D20s. You can still have, uh, what is it? You can still succeed with complications. You could still fail with... Uh, with uh, something good uh, happening. Something good happening. And it works really good. And it's really neat how there's this thing called... Uh, a dice pool? Momentum, right. Momentum. A dice pool and how you can... Add to this dice pool, which any anybody in your group can pull out and use for times when you really need to try to make a roll. Doesn't guarantee the roll, but you get extra help. Uh, we've talked about the two D twenty system before, but what I think what happened was they made it for this game, and they're like, "Well, we have another game coming out, which I think was Infinity, which was even crunchier than than Mutant Chronicles." Then they got the license to Conan. They kickstarted Conan. They had a huge success hit with Conan. And so they just have kept using this 2D20 system. But they change it for each one a little bit because Conan is totally different than uh, Star Trek Trek Adventures. Adventures. Right, which is is something that came out later. 
And that's exactly what I'm saying is that I don't think they intended it to be a generic system. In fact, one thing that makes it a non-generic system is that they don't have an SRD uh, standard. I don't forget what it stands for. But basically, it's basically the rules, just the rules without any settings attached. There's none of that in the 2D20 system. Modifius hasn't published anything like that. Now they have, some, supposedly they have something like that for people who are, who want to make a game with the 2D, 2D20 system and they give it to them and they're like, this is what, this is what we like about this system. This is how it works. You know, like the nitty gritty. I'm sure there's some sort of tables on the, on the probabilities and all that crap. Which you know, I don't Well, care they're, they're all different though, because Conan right. is, is totally more crunchy-ish trying right. to figure out what you're supposed to roll. Versus um, Star Trek, right? Adventures, Star Trek adventures, and then you, it's even and there's another and system that's even less crunchy. John Carter of Mars, right? That was like super less crunchy. Right? It was. A, it, I really like that one because you get a you you have to put two attributes or two skills or whatever together, and you but you have to to tell the GM why you believe you can use these two together to right. do whatever you want you gotta con- sort of convince them and and it, it make i think it makes a better game because like the it makes the player more imaginative as, as to what they're doing because they what they do is they tell you how they're doing things in order to be able to use because this is my best stat and i want to use it well, you have too. to come out you have to come up with a reason why basically yeah. well and so there's they i forget what they're called i think there's like six attributes which is like strength and all that physical stuff and mental ability and then there's uh uh traits or something like that right and the traits are i forget what they are it was a lot of fun though that way yeah. i like that and one. there's absolutely no skills there's no skills in john you just take those numbers no... and then you 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 get a roll right and then you have to make it or not make it right but you're telling them what you're going to do well, yeah, you have those two set six sets of, of numbers, attributes, and then there's each traits, and you pick one of each, and each of them are a number, obviously. I think some of them have to go with the other, don't they? No. Um, there's I mean, not usually, like, 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 like let's say uh, agility and deafness, right? Uh, I'm trying to pick somebody's pocket. Well, those two seem to go together. Now, somebody might go, well, I'm going to use my strength because it's, it's higher than my, than my dexterity or and I'm going to use my deafness. And I'm like, because uh, they, the players actually try to do that, right? They try to, there's a, to me, there was an obvious pairing of, of these two attributes and, and traits that go together really well for the task that you're trying yes. to do. And they're just trying to well, use Well, mini-maxers higher, will do that. And they're just trying to use their higher number yes. thing. So I go, no, that's not going to work. I go, why would your strength matter if you're trying to pick somebody's pocket? Unless you're lifting Unless them you're up the ground, hold them down into lifting it. them up the ground, <laughs> shaking the whole body, which I don't know if it falls under pickpocket. So. so I really like that system, the John Carter, because it was super simple. Like I said, they eliminated eliminated skills. Wow, it was, it was very interesting to play with the boys because they got they they once they figured out what they needed to do to be able to tell you what they wanted to do. Right then, they became very creative in yes. in their way of of. Of explaining to you what right. they we're gonna do and the, why these why these attributes or or uh, traits went together. Right, right, and for the task at, at hand. Yeah, it's uh, I, I was when I read that I was at first I had a hard time. To, uh, what are the skills? I don't understand. And then and then when I explained it to people, going well, I don't. Know, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of explaining. You know, there is no skills. You just use. You just try to convince me what traits and what attributes go together well for what you're trying to do. And I thought it was really neat because, like I said, uh, it causes 
the players and even the GM a little bit to be imaginative as for, as to what they're doing because what what the player wants is the higher numbers to be used, right? And if they can convince the GM that, so what happens is is that the player has to convince the GM what two traits fit what the situation that that you're trying to solve. So it makes the players become very creative in their solutions. Right, right. Because they're going to want to try to use their higher number of stats and stuff. But sometimes they don't fit, and sometimes the GM shoots them right down like I do, and I'm like, no, no, use this one instead. And they're, not, and they're fine with it. And so it's, it's a 2D20 system. So 2D20, you get, usually you, get a, you have a skill. I mean, you have an attribute, and then you, sometimes you have a skill, and you add those two numbers, and that's what you have to roll under on a, on a D20 to get a success. And this system is 2d20, so you get two, you always roll two d20s. And if you roll under, you can get under that number, let's say the number is 11. If you both those dice roll under 11, then you get two successes. So, the, and then the, the difficulty is how many successes you need to succeed, obviously. So, if it's really difficult, like the super hard thing that's almost impossible, you need five successes. If it's something easy, it's one. If it's really easy, it's zero which is kind of interesting system because they're like... So if you don't have enough dice, you can't do five difficulty. You don't have five dice in your momentum pool. Yeah, if, if, you, if right. you're only rolling 2d20, you would have to have three extra dice. So it would have, they would have to come from somewhere. Well, there's, they, they, there's mitigating circumstances, of course. Like if you roll a one, that counts as two successes all by itself. Okay. So theoretically, on just two dice, if you roll snake eyes or two ones, that's four successes. Then there's also the momentum dice that you can throw in. And then there's the, they call it different, different things in different games, but there's, there is a special die that you have and you can always put it on a one. Like you, that's like your gimme, your, ben, your Benny, your plot point or whatever. And you can use that anytime. Does John Carter of Mars have the, so in Conan, whenever you use a momentum, if you want to call right. it that, yeah. then the, the GM gets a, another dice to use no only if if there's no momentum in the pool oh you need a new moment yeah, yeah. like uh, for example uh, what jolene is asking is and I, and I i've explained this before in, in when we talked about 2d20 systems but i'll do it here real quick if you only need one success and you get two successes that extra success doesn't get thrown away doesn't get disappear you get to put it in the, in the momentum pool so that means some other person some other player can pull that die out and use it to help their role. So then, like, something they have to do something really difficult. Or and, not difficult. Well, not difficult. They just want to make sure they do it because it's important. They get to roll their normal dice, but if there's one extra die in the, in the momentum pool, they can pull that out and roll three dice. So usually you save it for when you really need it. Right. Like when you have to walk across a bridge. <laughs> usually not. But let's say there's no momentum in the pool. In my, in my group, that's an important thing that you need to do is walk across a bridge. Because if you don't walk across a bridge... Okay. <laughs> the bridge. There's, just, there's no momentum in the pool. You're stuck. You're like, oh, you really may need to make this roll. You could get momentum, but what happens is you give the GM... They call it different things in Doom, in, uh, in Conan. In Conan. And uh, Star Trek Adventures, they call it... Uh, I forget what they call it. But you give the GM... You give the GM their own momentum right. to use, basically, right. against you. Right. Which is kind of funny because, like, a GM can do anything they want, but this actively, you know, there's a there's a, a pile of chips in front of him that he can use. Anytime. That's the that's the thing, right? You're looking at those dice, right? You 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 need that momentum, and in Conan, this is important, right? Because there's you're not all that powerful sometimes, and you need to do stuff. 
But by getting it, by giving the, the GM a doom, you see those, if you're playing on an actual table, you see those shits yeah. or the dice in front of the GM that yeah. they can use. So if they have five, you're like, do I really want to do succeed that a, badly? Nice, you're building a wall of dove. Because, you know, then he can use it anytime he wants to. Right. So yeah. it's a visual thing. Correct. Oh, obviously, it has an effect in the game. Yeah. Uh, Felipe was really good at that. I'm a little bit less good at using my, my uh, they call it threat. In, I think they call it threat. Threat in, in Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah. Doom. In, in. So another thing about this, this 2D20 system, there's no set way of running the game. There's no, there's no hard and fast rules. Like I said, there's no 2D20 system, basic system out there. So every game is slightly different. Every game is, is uses different words. And, and, and like I said, you can go from the Super Country Infinity, which has three types of damage, to John Carter, where there's and a ton of skills, and to, to John Carter, where there's no skills, and damage is pretty, pretty simple. Right. You said that D&D 5th edition could be done, other games could be done with it. Right. And you see the D20 system. 2D20 system. 2D20 system. Modifius has done lots of games with it. Is there another one? Well, I mean, I probably can keep going on and on, but there is another one that, that I actually wrote down, and that was uh, uh, New Year Zero, right? A new, year Zero engine. Uh, see, I say New Year Zero. So this was, I think the first iteration of this system was Mutant Year Zero and hence why it's called the year zero engine after that and then it came out with a couple of games like coriolis and stuff and people had a well, free league has continued to use that system to power other games and i was really surprised because like i said i don't think they made it they made mutant year zero and, and that system and thought oh this would be a good generic system for all kinds of different settings because there's a lot of work that happens between uh, mutant year zero and let's say tales from the loop it's a vastly different game there's tons of difference in the game obviously in the setting but also in the way the game plays and if you look at three games just like i did for uh 2d20 so if you look at new year's zero mutant year zero you look at tales from the loop and you look at alien all those three use that same basic mechanic you have a dice pool at which you have an attribute, you add your skill, you get those that many six-sided dice, you need to roll a six to succeed. Which you think would be easy, but it's not always easy. <laughs> I forget somebody... Even if you get five dice to roll one six, it's not always easy. So somebody said that six dice, I don't know, I forget what it was. There's only a 67% chance of rolling a six, which I don't know, I don't do, I don't do probabilities or statistics, but there is a chart in the books that tells you, you know, how many dice and the chances of you rolling a six. But sometimes, you know, fate doesn't play by those rules, right? <laughs> and I've talked about it before. Because you can roll two dice and get two sixes, yes. but you can roll five dice and get no sixes. Well, I still, re I still recall that time when, when Bay roll, rolled eight dice. And then one of the mechanics, I love the mechanic, is that you could push, right? And this is, this is in every game. Right. You, you push, and what happens is you can collect all the dice that didn't roll a six, and re-roll them if you push. Now, if you fail to, if some depending on the rules, sometimes you automatically get a condition. But if you fail again, you get a condition, right? And for example, uh, I know Tales from Loop. There's like five different conditions you can get: exhausted, upset, and all these other things. Because right. you play kids. Yeah. 
And so we were playing Tales from the Loop, and Bay rolls eight dice. He goes, oh, I got this one in the bag, guys. And then he rolls eight dice, and none of them come with six. He goes, oh, I'll push. No problem. <laughs> so he grabs all eight dice, because all eight dice, none of them rolls eight out of six. And he rolls them over, and none of them again roll six. So he gets a condition, and he's almost out of the game. That, that happens game. all the time. Which is amazing. Uh, which is, yeah. So, but that's why you play with dice, right? Because it's fun. <laughs> you you element, don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, element of fate, of yeah. element of chance. This alien is the, and I know I, I always say this, I love the, the panic mechanic on uh, an alien because it's very, very, because the game, it's alien, right? There's, yes. there's, scary monsters. Yes. <laughs> and so you're going to get stressed out and, and you have to, you put those attributes together, you only get three dice and then um, you're rolling and you don't make it. So you have to push to, to, do whatever you're gonna do right yes exactly and i'm thinking like if you're looking at these three games these and, and there's more games there's coriolis there's there's twilight 2000 coming out this uh, they call it the year zero engine and they didn't have an srd I, I think they're coming out with one now finally free league has decided well free league a little i think from what i remember reading is that they basically were working they were like a bunch of people who were free league working on on a on Mutant Year Zero, I think, or, or Coriolis or some game. And the people publishing it say, well, we're not going to publish this game anymore. You know? And the people who were this community were saying, well, we want to keep working on it. And so the, the publishers of that game, I don't know if it was Mutant Year Zero or if it was Coriolis, they just go, go ahead, take it over. You can have it. This community formed a group of, uh, made themselves into a company and started publishing stuff. With that kind of ideal ideals in mind, they go, well, you know, we should just like let people do stuff. So, in fact, you can make stuff as long as you kind of follow this uh, this open gaming license thing. So you can publish stuff and sell stuff and make money off of it if you want and sell it on uh, Drive Through RPG or whatever. As long as you follow these stipulations, and I have never really looked at them, but that's you know, because that would be a lot of work. And they're not taking any. They're not asking you to pay any money. You know, like a royalty fee or anything. They're just go ahead because they're community based. Mind we've people. talked about this before because when um remember way back when they had the open license for what was it the third the, edition third edition that's when you know people went crazy and and created all of these different uh genres and and things and some of them worked some of them didn't it's the same idea right right now right. it's just that you see that these systems can you you like the system but you don't like the the genre that you're playing right. or you like the genre but you want something different right. so you take that system and you tweak it for your game it may work it may not but you'll find out when it gets published right, right? well in fact i did i did that with uh, new year zero engine i got the basic ideas and i made my own you didn't carnival. publish it or anything no no but i made my own rules for carnival row that it was 14 page Cause you didn't, cause, yeah because you didn't like the ones that it that, had yeah, add. right because it used the cipher system yeah. rules I took all the ideas from that and I just made a 14 page rule book and, and you guys made characters or, or I might've made them for you, but I think, I don't remember. I think you guys made them. I, I think we made them. Yeah, I think you made them. And, and bada boom, I had a carnival role game that you guys ran an adventure in and took three days for a four hour adventure, but there <laughs> you go. So obviously barring any like uh, intellectual property rights, right? You know, making a game that you don't own the rights to, but if you have something that you totally make up yourself, you can make up a game and sell it on 
and publish it. What I found fascinating is I don't think the year zero engine was meant to be generic. They just came up with it. It worked well. And then somebody else made another game. And now it's, like I said, you can see how versatile it is because of those three games that I listed. Now, Tales from the Loop is vastly different than Alien, right? Yeah. Uh, Tales from the Loop is the kids investigating local uh, mysteries in an in a 80s that never was. And Alien is... Alien. <laughs> is an alien movie where people are running around, usually in claustrophobic spaceships, uh, being chased by monsters and freaking out every <laughs> once in a while. And the rules... Even though they, they have that shared me- base mechanic of adding your skill plus your attribute, rolling the six, there's differences that make Alien totally different than like this, adding yeah. another stress die yeah. and how that impacts the rules and how that impacts the game. And I really like it. I mean, I really like how it's been developed and I really like how it works. Like I said, before I probably would have thought, well, there's no one system, especially if you make it for a game like a Mutant Year Zero, it's... Ba- made for a post-apocalyptic setting they have these cards that you use for for different things they have obviously skills and stuff like that but because they tweak the rules each and every time and they do it well like the alien rules and the tales from loop game rules are really well done for that genre so i think i might have to eat crow and say you know i'm in a mistake and you can use different setting uh, rules for different settings even though they're not made for being they're not made to be generic there you go this is gaming perspectives with Saul and Jolene you have a good day